Welcome to Pod Planet, a place where things happen that may sound unbelievable, strange, incredible. If you've ever wondered if you were weird or strange or the odd man out, these stories will restore your belief that there are indeed people out there who are weirder, stranger, and odder than you ever imagined. Perhaps you'll find some comfort in that. Bear in mind, Every story from Pod Planet is between 83 and 100% true. These are stories we have experienced, survived, and lived to tell about. Let us begin. And now, Pod Planet presents Fahrenheit 1000. Last year, I received an invitation of sorts to something the city was calling their Open Doors program. It was part of an unusual offer cooked up by local politicians, an initiative intended to show taxpayers places that weren't often open to the public. At Open Doors, you could go behind the scenes and visit things like an aircraft control tower or a television production studio. But the one that caught my eye? A tour of the city's oldest crematorium, built in 1850 and still working today. I signed up right away, and apparently I wasn't the only one who was interested in the hows and whys of burning the deceased into a pile of ashes. So one sunny summer afternoon, I arrived at the Gothic 19th century crematorium and joined a group of ten or so other visitors who apparently shared my interest in cremation. The visitors ranged from two preppyish girls. One of them was wearing green shorts with little pink whales on them to a somewhat overweight couple in their 50s who'd driven in from Buffalo, New York for the occasion. As the group stood around and the gentleman from Buffalo finished his fudge sickle, we were greeted by our crematorium tour guide. His name was Bart. He was about five foot three and wore a lab coat. But Bart's most striking feature was his mass of jet black hair combed back into a ducktail. He had a surprisingly upbeat demeanor and looked more like a short Elvis impersonator or maybe a stock car driver. After a short introduction, Bart the tour guide asked us to follow him inside the crematorium and told us to feel free to ask any questions we had. I immediately took him up on his offer. Bart, I asked, what's your job title? Cremation technician, Bart exclaimed, as he held the door for us to enter the crematorium. But I'm in line to become a senior cremation technician. The more he told us, the more questions I had. At the risk of dominating the entire conversation, I started to ask Bart things that I didn't even know I was curious about. Bart, did you have to earn a college degree to become a cremation technician? As we walked down a long, softly lit hallway, Bart cheerfully and somewhat proudly responded, I have an associate degree in mortuary science. After that, I received my cremation operations certification. These days, all the best death care professionals are fully certified. So Bart, our fully certified death care professional tour guide, led us to the end of a hallway toward a brick wall that had three ominous metal doors. And the closer we got to the doors, the warmer the hallway became. Bart, I asked, 
Are those the ovens you burn people in? Bart, always perky, responded, Yes, but in the crematorium profession, we don't call them ovens. We call them primary cremation chambers. And I must say, you people are in luck today. We're in the process of cremating three people as we speak. I just felt lucky. I wasn't one of those. Three people. Finally, someone else, the girl in the whale shorts, asked a question. Bart, wait, do you mean to, like, say you're, like, burning people right now? Well, yes. We get bodies in here every day, and they need to be cremated, you know, to make room for the next shipment. Of course, this was my opening to hop back into the conversation. So, Bart, death never takes a holiday? No, I'm afraid not, Bart replied. Death doesn't really work on a prearranged schedule. Death is always full of surprises. The death care profession. It's just one surprise party after another. I guess that's one way to look at it. Another one of the tour group piped up with a question. So the bodies come in, and you just slide them into the oven. I mean, the cremation chamber. Well, said Bart, we do have to make certain preparations, such as removal of any pacemakers. They're highly explosive once the chamber reaches the proper temperature. 1,000 degrees Fahrenheit, you know. Blam! Same goes for any prosthesis or silicone implants. I raised my hand again with yet another question. Bart, is that why we hear the popping noise right now from inside the cremation chambers? Is one of the deceased still wearing their pacemaker? Are someone's enhanced breasts exploding? Well, explained Bard, the noise you're hearing is a natural part of the cremation process. Once the doors are sealed, the body is subjected to a scorching, jet engine-like column of blue flame. The softer body tissues and muscle begin to tighten, flex, and then release. And that's the popping sound you're hearing. And now it was time for the large fudge sickle eater from Buffalo to jump into the conversation. Bart, so how long does this uh, process take to burn a human body? Bart responded, speaking loudly enough to be heard over the sound of the bodies popping in the cremation chamber. Well, the average human body requires two hours or so, including a cool-down period. But with the obesity problem out there, it can take up to four hours to completely burn a person who weighs 250 or 300 pounds. The man from Buffalo and his wife felt silent. I guess they'd both weighed in at close to 300 pounds each. Neither of them seemed excited at the prospect of spending four hours in a 1,000 degree oven. And the rest of us in the tour group? We sensed their sudden discomfort and tried our best not to make eye contact with Mr. and Mrs. Fudge Sickle after that. But Bart? He was unfazed, and as cheerful now as when the crematorium tour began. You're a good group, I must say, Bart exclaimed. So, any more questions? Bart asked. No. The tour group was pretty speechless by this point. As the bodies continued to pop and bang in their respective gas-powered cremation chambers, 
Bart invited us to follow him through the side door, back into the sunlight. We walked towards a picnic table in the shade, where there was a big glass pitcher and some cups. A woman was seated at the table, as if she was waiting for us. Bart addressed the group as he walked. I imagine you're all pretty thirsty after spending time in all that heat. So I made us some nice, cool lemonade. And there's someone I want you to meet. Bart led us to the picnic table and introduced us to Christina, the manager of the crematorium for the past 11 years. As Bart poured us glasses of lemonade and began to hand them out, Christina, the crematorium manager, put out her cigarette and stood to greet us. Well, I hope you all enjoyed yourselves and found our tutorial on cremation to be informative, Christina exclaimed. The tour group all nodded and expressed our appreciation for the opportunity. All except for Mr. and Mrs. Fudge Sickle from Buffalo, who'd been silent ever since Bart explained the prolonged cremation time for oversized cadavers. Christina continued to address the crematorium tour group in her pleasant, comforting tone. You know, folks, said Christina, even though none of us really likes to think about it, one day, sooner or later, our lives will come to an end. And if what you saw today piqued your interest in cremation for you or for a loved one, I'm happy to say that our cremation services come in a variety of packages with all manner of layaway plans designed to fit any budget. And with that, Christina began distributing pamphlets outlining the cremation options. We members of the tour group stood holding our cups of lemonade, dutifully browsed our cremation pamphlets and exchanged glances of disbelief. This tour ended with a sales pitch? Seriously? It was as if Christina was selling us timeshares for a condo in Boca Raton or Puerto Vallarta. Christina continued. So, when that time comes, friends, I want you to rest assured that no other crematorium service in the tri-state area can match our experience and know-how. For your convenience, I've stapled my business card to the back page of your pamphlet, and it includes my mobile phone number and my email address. I also put my Twitter feed. Look for us on Instagram, Facebook, and even Tinder. Bart chimed in. That's right, folks. We're here to address your death care needs 24-7. So unless there are any more questions, can I get anyone a refill on their lemonade? I looked down at my cup as an ash floated down from above and landed in my drink. No, Bart. I think one cup of your lemonade was going to do it for me. You've been listening to Pod Planet Season 1. Pod Planet is written and produced by Peter McHugh and Clive Desmond. Audio and digital support for Pod Planet comes from Oliver Wickham and Aidan Vickery, two of the best and brightest young minds in audio today. Theme music for Pod Planet Season 1 was composed and produced by Richard Suddy, aka Telegraphy, from Detroit. 
Look for Telegraphy's FMA link in the credits section of our webpage. Richard Suddy is an amazing artist, and you'll want to hear more Telegraphy. Every Pod Planet episode contains some fantastic original music, much of which is courtesy FMA. If you'd like to hear or know more about the composers from this or any episode of Pod Planet, look for their links in the episode credits section of our webpage. These musicians are amazing, and you'll want to take a listen to their work. And special thanks again to FMA.org. And if you haven't subscribed to Pod Planet yet, subscribe now. Go to our webpage, PodPlanet.org, PodPlanet's one word, and click on subscribe or hit follow on whatever podcatcher app you're using. You'll find Pod Planet on Stitcher, TuneIn Radio, SoundCloud, iTunes, Lipson, YouTube, and many others. And follow Pod Planet on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Links on our webpage. Pod Planet is part of PRX, the Public Radio Exchange. So if you're a radio station that would like to add Pod Planet to your schedule, look us up at prx.org. PRX can set it all up. We love to hear from listeners, so please leave your thoughts or questions in the comment section on our webpage. And be sure to recommend Pod Planet to your friends. Send them our link, podplanet.org. Pod Planet would like to thank Lydia, Lola, and Tattoo Sound and Music in Toronto, as well as extra special thanks to Monique Kelly for her guidance, insight, and never-ending support. This is Pod Planet Season 1. We'll be back in two weeks with a new and startling episode. Until then, on behalf of Peter McHugh and the whole Pod Planet team, thanks for listening. I'm Clive Desmond.